Chapter Twenty Four of Twenty Five Sermons on the Holy Land. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twenty Five Sermons on the Holy Land by Thomas DeWitt Talmage. On to Damascus. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Acts nine eight in palestine we spent last night in a mud hovel of one story but camels and sheep in the basement yet never did the most brilliant hotel on any continent seem so attractive to me as that structure if we had been obliged to stay in a tent as we expected to do that night we must have perished a violent storm had opened upon us its volleys of hail and snow and rain and wind as if to let us know what the bible means when prophet and evangelist and christ himself spoke of the fury of the elements the atmospheric wrath broke upon us about one o'clock in the afternoon and we were until night exposed to it with hands and feet benumbed and our bodies chilled to the bone we made our slow way while high upon the rocks and the gale blowing the hardest a signal of distress halted the party for down in the ravines one of the horses had fallen and his rider must not be left alone amid that wilderness of scenery and horror of storm as the night approached the tempest thickened and blackened and strengthened some of our attendants going ahead had gained permission for us to halt for the night in the mud hovel i speak of our first duty on arrival was the resuscitation of the exhausted of our party my room was without a window and an iron stove without any top in the centre of the room the smoke selecting my eyes in the absence of a chimney through an opening in the floor arab faces were several times thrust up to see how i was progressing but the tempest ceased during the night and before it was fully day we were feeling for the stirrups of our saddled horses this being the day whose long march will bring us to that city whose name cannot be pronounced in the hearing of the intelligent or the christian without making the blood to tingle and the nerves to thrill and putting the best emotions of the soul into agitation damascus during the day we passed caesarea philippi the northern terminus of christ's journeyings north of that he never went we lunch at noon seated on the fallen columns of one of herod's palaces at two o'clock in the afternoon coming to a hilltop we saw on the broad plain a city which the most famous camel driver of all time afterward called mohammed the prophet and the founder of the most stupendous system of error that has ever cursed the earth refused to enter because he said god would allow man to enter but one paradise and he would not enter this earthly paradise lest he should be denied entrance to the heavenly but no city that i ever saw so plays hide-and-seek with the traveller the air is so clear the distant objects seem close by you come on the top of a hill and damascus seems only a little way off but down you go into a valley and you see nothing for the next half hour but barrenness and rocks regurgitated by the volcanoes of other ages up another hill and down again up again and down again but after your patience is almost exhausted you reach the last hilltop 
and the city of damascus the oldest city under the whole heavens and built by noah's grandson grows upon your vision every mile of the journey now becomes more solemn and suggestive and tremendous this is the very road for it has been the only road for thousands of years the road from jerusalem to damascus along which a cavalcade of mounted officers went about one thousand eight hundred fifty four years ago in the midst of them a fierce little man who made up by magnitude of hatred for christianity for his diminutive stature and was the leading spirit and though suffering from chronic inflammation of the eyes from those eyes flashed more indignation against christ's followers than any one of the horsed procession this little man before his name was changed to paul was called saul so many of the mightiest natures of all ages are condensed into smallness of stature the frenchman who was sometimes called by his troops old one hundred thousand was often because of his abbreviated personal appearance styled little knapp lord nelson with insignificant stature to start with and one eye put out at calvi and his right arm taken off at tenerife proves himself at trafalgar the mightiest hero of the english navy the greatest of american theologians archibald alexander could stand under the elbow of many of his contemporaries look out for little men when they start out for some especial mission of good or evil the thunderbolt is only a condensation of electricity well that galloping group of horsemen on the road to damascus were halted quicker than bombshell or cavalry charge ever halted a regiment the syrian noonday because of the clarity of the atmosphere is the brightest of all noondays and the noonday sun in syria is positively terrific for brilliance but suddenly that noon there flashed from the heavens a light which made that syrian sun seem tame as a star in comparison it was the face of the slain and ascended christ looking from the heavens and under the dash of that overpowering light all the horses dropped with their riders human face and horses maned together in the dust and then two claps of thunder followed uttering the two words the second word like the first saul saul for three days that fallen equestrian was totally blind for excessive light will sometimes extinguish the eyesight and what cornea and crystalline lens could endure a brightness greater than the noonday syrian sun i had read it a hundred times but it never so impressed me before and probably will never so impress me again as i took my bible from the saddle-bags and read aloud to our comrades in travel as he journeyed he came near damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him saul saul why persecutest thou me and he said who art thou lord and the lord said i am jesus whom thou persecutest but we cannot stop longer on this road for we shall see this unhorsed equestrian later in damascus toward which his horse's head is turned and at which we must ourselves arrive before night the evening is near at hand and as we leave snowy hermon behind us and approach the shadow of the cupolas of two hundred mosques 
we cut through a circumference of many miles of garden which embower the city so luxuriant are these gardens so opulent in colours so luscious of fruits so glittering with fountains so rich with bowers and kiosks that the mohammedan's heaven was fashioned after what are to be seen here of bloom and fruitage here in damascus at the right season are cherries and mulberries and apricots and almonds and pistachios and pomegranates and pears and apples and plums and citrons and all the richness of the round world's pomology no wonder that julian called this city the eye of the east and that the poets of syria have styled it the lustre on the neck of doves and historians said it is the golden clasp which couples the two sides of the world together many travellers express disappointment with damascus but the trouble is they have carried on their minds from boyhood the book which dazzles so many young people the arabian nights and they come into damascus looking for aladdin's lamp and aladdin's ring and the genii which appeared by rubbing them but as i have never read the arabian nights such stuff not being allowed around our house in my boyhood and nothing lighter in the way of reading than baxter's saint's everlasting rest and d'aubigny's history of the reformation damascus appeared to me as sacred and secular history have presented it and so the city was not a disappointment but with few exceptions a surprise under my window to-night in the hotel at damascus i hear the perpetual ripple and rush of the river abana ah the secret is out now i know why all this flora and fruit and why everything is so green and the plain one great emerald the river abana and not far off the river farpar which our horses waded through to-day thank the rivers or rather the god who made the rivers deserts to the north deserts to the south deserts to the east deserts to the west but here a paradise and as the rivers gihon and pison and hittichel and euphrates made the other paradise abana and farpar make this damascus a paradise that is what made general naaman of this city of damascus so mad when he was told for the cure of his leprosy to go and wash in the river jordan the river jordan is much of the year a muddy stream and it is never so clear as this river abana that i hear rumbling under my window to-night nor as the river farpar that we crossed to-day they are as clear as though they had been sieved through some especial sieve of the mountains general naaman had great and patriotic pride in these two rivers of his own country and when elisha the prophet told him that if he wanted to get rid of his leprosy he must go and wash in the jordan he felt as we who live on the magnificent hudson would feel if told that we must go and wash in the muddy thames or as if those who live on the transparent rhine were told that they must go and wash in the muddy tiber so general naaman cried out with a voice as loud as ever he had used in commanding his troops uttering those memorable words which every minister of the gospel sooner or later takes for his text are not abana and farpar rivers of damascus better than the waters of israel may i not wash in them and be clean 
thank god we live in a land with plenty of rivers and that they bless all our atlantic coast and all our pacific coast and reticulate all the continent between the coasts only those who have travelled in the deserts of syria or egypt or have in the oriental cities heard the tinkling of the bell of those who sell water can realize what it is to have this divine beverage in abundance water rumbling over the rocks turning the mill-wheel saturating the roots of the corn dripping from the buckets filling the pitchers of the household rolling through the fonts of baptistries of holy ordinance filling the reservoirs of cities inviting the cattle to come down and slake their thirst and the birds of heaven to dip their wing ascending in robe of mist and falling again in benediction of shower water living water god-given water we are awakened in the morning in damascus by the song of those who have different styles of food to sell it is not a street cry as in london or new york but a weird and long drawn-out solo compared with which a buzz-saw is musical it makes you inopportunely awaken and will not let you sleep again but to those who understand the exact meaning of the song it becomes quite tolerable for they sing god is the nourisher by my bread god is the nourisher by my milk god is the nourisher by my fruit and as you look out of the window you see the mohammedans who are in large majority in the city at prayer and if it were put to vote who should be king of all the earth fifteen thousand in that city would say christ but one hundred and thirty thousand would say mohammed looking from the window you see on the housetops and in the streets mohammedans at worship the muezzin or the officers of the religion who announce the time of worship appear high up on the different minarets or tall towers and walk around the minaret enclosed by a railing and cry in a sad and mumbling way god is great i bear witness that there is no god but god i bear witness that mohammed is the apostle of god come to the prayers come to salvation god is great there is no other but god prayers are better than sleep five times a day must the mohammedan engage in worship as he begins he turns his face toward the city of mecca and unrolls upon the ground a rug which he almost always carries with his thumbs touching the lobes of his ears and holding his face between his hands he cries god is great then folding his hands across his girdle he looks down and says holiness to thee o god and praise be to thee great is thy name great is thy greatness there is no deity but thee then the worshipper sits upon his heels then he touches his nose to the rug and then his forehead these genuflections accompanied with the cry great is god then raising the forefinger of his right hand toward heaven he says i testify there is no deity but god and i testify that mohammed is the servant of god and the messenger of god the prayers close by the worshipper holding his hands opened upward as if to take the divine blessing and then his hands are rubbed over his face as if to convey the blessing to his entire body there are two or three commendable things about mohammedanism 
one is that its disciples wash before every act of prayer and that is five times a day and there is a gospel in cleanliness another commendable thing is they don't care who is looking and nothing can stop them in their prayer another thing is that by the order of mohammed and an order obeyed for thirteen hundred years no mohammedan touches strong drink but the polygamy the many wifehood of mohammedanism has made that religion the unutterable and everlasting curse of woman and when woman sinks the race sinks the proposition recently made in high ecclesiastical places for the reformation of mohammedanism instead of its obliteration is like an attempt to improve a plague or educate a leprosy there is only one thing that will ever reform mohammedanism and that is its extirpation from the face of the earth by the power of the gospel of the son of god which makes not only man but woman free for this life and free for the life to come the spirit of the horrible religion which pervades the city of damascus along whose streets we walk and out of whose bazaar we make purchases and in whose mosques we study the wood carvings and bedizenments was demonstrated as late as eighteen sixty when in this city it put to death six thousand christians in forty-eight hours and put to the torch three thousand christians homes and those streets we walk to-day were red with the carnage and the shrieks and groans of the dying and dishonored men and women made this place a hell on earth this went on until a mohammedan better than his religion abd el khader by name a great soldier who in one war had with twenty-five thousand troops beaten sixty thousand of the enemy now protested against this massacre and gathered the christians of damascus into castles and private houses and filled his own home with the affrighted sufferers after a while the mob came to his door and demanded the christian dogs whom he was sheltering and abd el khader mounted a horse and drew a sword and with a few of his old soldiers around him charged on the mob and cried wretches is this the way you honor the prophet may his curses be upon you shame on you shame you will yet live to repent you think you may do as you please with the christians but the day of retribution will come the franks will yet turn your mosques into churches not a christian will i give up they are my brothers stand back or i will give my men the order to fire then by the might of one great soul under god the wave of assassination rolled back huzzah for ebd el khader although now we americans and foreigners pass through the streets of damascus unhindered there is in many parts of the city the subdued hissing of a hatred for christianity that if it dared would put to death every man woman and child in damascus who does not declare allegiance to mohammed but i am glad to say that a wide hard splendid turnpike road has within a few years been constructed from beirut on the shore of the mediterranean to this city of damascus and if ever again that wholesale assassination is attempted french troops and english troops would with jingling bits and lightning hoofs 
dash up the hills and down on this damascus plain and leave the mohammedan murderers dead on the floor of their mosques and seraglios it is too late in the history of the world for governments to allow such things as the modern massacre at damascus for such murderous attacks on christian missionaries and christian disciples the gospel is not so appropriate as bullets or sabres sharp and heavy enough to cut through with one stroke from crown of head to saddle but i must say that this city of damascus as i see it now is not as absorbing as the damascus of olden times i turn my back upon the bazaars with rugs fascinating the merchants from baghdad and the indian textile fabric of incomparable make and the manufactured saddles and bridles gay enough for princes of the orient to ride and pull and baths where ablution becomes inspiration and the homes of those bargain makers of to-day marbled and divaned and fountained and upholstered and mosaicked and arabesqued and colonnaded until nothing can be added and the splendid remains of the great mosque of john originally built with gates so heavy that it required five men to turn them and columns of periphery and kneeling places framed in diamond and seventy-four stained-glass windows and six hundred lamps of pure gold a single prayer offered in this mosque said to be worth thirty thousand prayers offered in any other place i turn my back on all these and see damascus as it was when this narrow street which the bible calls straight was a great wide street a new york broadway or a parisian Champs-Élysées, a great thoroughfare crossing the city from gate to gate along which tramped and rolled the pomp of all nations there goes abraham the father of all the faithful he has in this city been purchasing a celebrated slave there goes ben hadad of bible times leading thirty-two conquered monarchs there goes david king warrior and sacred poet there goes tamerlane the conqueror there goes harun al-rashid once the commander of an army of ninety-five thousand persians and arabs here comes a warrior on his way to the barracks carrying that kind of sword which the world has forgotten how to make a damascus blade with the interlacings of color changing at every new turn of the light many colors coming and going and interjoining the blade so keen it could cut in twain an object without making the lower part of the object tremble with an elasticity that could not be broken though you brought the point of the sword clear back to the hilt and having a watered appearance which made the blade seem as though just dipped in a clear fountain a triumph of cutlery which a thousand modern foundrymen and chemists have attempted in vain to imitate on the side of this street damasks named after this city figures of animals and fruits and landscapes here being first wrought into silk damasks and specimens of damaskining by which in this city steel and iron were first graved and then the grooves filled with wire of gold damaskining but stand back or be run over for here are at the gates of the city laden caravans from aleppo in one direction and from jerusalem in another direction and caravans of all nations paying toll to this supremacy great is damascus 
but what most stirs my soul is neither chariot nor caravan nor bazaar nor palace but a blind man passing along the street small of stature and insignificant in personal appearance oh yes we have seen him before he was one of that cavalcade coming from jerusalem to damascus to kill christians and we saw him and his horse tumble up there on the road some distance out of the city and he got up blind yes it is saul of tarsus now going along this street called straight he is led by his friends for he cannot see his hand before his face into the house of judas not judas the bad but judas the good in another part of this city one ananias not ananias the liar but ananias the christian is told by the lord to go to this house of judas on straight street and put his hands on the blind eyes of saul that his sight might return oh said ananias i dare not go that saul is a terrible fellow he kills christians and he will kill me go said the lord and ananias went there sits in blindness that tremendous persecutor he was a great nature crushed he had started for the city of damascus for the one purpose of assassinating christ's followers but since that fall from his horse he has entirely changed ananias steps up to the sightless man puts his right thumb on one eye and his left thumb on the other eye and in an outburst of sympathy and love and faith says brother saul brother saul the lord even jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mayest receive thy sight and be filled with the holy ghost instantly something like scales fell from the blind man's eyes and he arose from that seat the mightiest evangel of all the ages a sir william hamilton for metaphysical analysis a john milton for sublimity of thought a whitfield for popular eloquence a john howard for widespread philanthropy but more than all of them put together inspired thunderbolted multipotent apostolic did judas the kind host of this blind man or ananias the visitor see scales drop from the sightless eyes i think not but paul knew they had fallen and that is all that happens to any one of us when we are converted the blinding scales drop from our eyes and we see things differently a christian woman missionary among a most degraded tribe whose religion was never to wash or improve personal appearance was trying to persuade one of those heathen women not only of need of change of heart but change of habits which would result in change of appearance but the effort failed until the missionary had placed in her own hallway a looking-glass and when the barbaric woman passing through the hall saw herself in the mirror for the first time she exclaimed can it be possible i look like that and appalled at her own appearance she renounced her own religion and asked to be instructed in the christian religion and so we feel that we are all right in our sinful and unchanged condition until the scales fall from our eyes and in the looking-glass of god's word we see ourselves as we really are until divine grace transforms us 
there are many people in this house to-day as blind as paul was before ananias touched his eyes and there are many here from whose eyes the scales have already fallen you see all subjects and all things differently god and christ and eternity and your own immortal spirit sometimes the scales do not all fall at once when i was a boy at mount pleasant one sunday afternoon reading doddridge's rise and progress of religion in the soul that afternoon some of the scales fell from my eyes and i saw a little after i had been in the ministry about a year one sunday afternoon in the village parsonage reading the bible story of the syrophoenician's faith other scales fell from my eyes and i saw better two sunday evenings ago while preparing for the evening service in new york i picked up a book that i did not remember to have seen before and after i had read a page about reconsecration to god i think the remaining scales fell from my eyes shall not our visits to damascus to-day result like paul's visit in vision to the blind and increased vision for those who saw somewhat before i was reading of a painter's child who became blind in infancy but after the child was nearly grown a surgeon removed the blindness when told that this could be done the child's chief thought her mother being dead was that she would be able to see her father who had watched over her with great tenderness when night came she was in raptures and ran her hands over her father's face and shut her eyes as if to assure herself that this was really the father whom she had only known by touch and now looking upon him noble man as he was in appearance as well as in reality she cried out just to think that i had this father so many years and never knew him as great and greater is the soul's joyful surprise when the scales fall from the eyes and the long spiritual darkness is ended and we look up into our father's face always radiant and loving but now for the first revealed and our blindness forever gone we cry abba father to each one of this vast multitude of auditors i say as ananias did to saul of tarsus when his sympathetic fingers touched the closed eyelids brother saul brother saul the lord even jesus that appeared unto thee in the way that thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the holy ghost End of chapter twenty four